Hello, welcome to my secretive session. I'm Cherish Lively, and we're listening to Blood Kiss by Karen Chevin. This psychological suspense novel blends romance with creepy thrills to keep you glued to your seat. One reviewer says, This story is full of twists and turns, mystery, drama, suspense, and romance. In today's episode, Pacey is on the prowl, while Alicia and Mike take their relationship to the next level. 17. Pacey parked his truck in the parking lot of the home improvement store. He popped a few Tic Tacs in his mouth and shoved the box into his pocket as he slammed the door of his truck. He had just enough time to get the supplies together, check on Alicia, and get back home to get everything set up. He hated the rushed feeling barreling down on him. His original plan gave him more time to deal with his problem, but that dumb oaf threatened to destroy everything he'd built with her. If he needed to get rid of the man, he would. Love could never be stopped. Pacey grabbed a cart and strolled down the aisles. As he passed other customers, he tried to guess what they were up to. Were their plans as nefarious as his? He smiled as he passed a lady with a baby in her cart. The baby shook her hands wildly and shrieked, kicking her legs in excitement. Pacey waved and chuckled to the little cutie. Maybe one day he would be a father. He promised he'd do better than his dad. The man would yell and scream whenever Pacey made mistakes or things didn't go his father's way. Pacey grew up fearing his father rather than loving and respecting the man. Since adolescence, he'd prayed the man would die. Spitefully, the bastard waited until Pacey was away at college to kick the bucket. Pacey had to force himself to cry at the funeral. Everyone looked to him and offered their condolences, but they hadn't needed to. He was relieved that he would never hear another utterance from the bastard's mouth. After putting his father in the ground, Pacey never reminisced on their relationship. Instead, he forced the pathetic excuse for a father far from his thoughts. Why was he thinking about the bastard now? He needed to focus on his shopping list if he wanted to be with Alicia. Pacey rounded the end cap and turned down the aisle. He finally found them, the cable zip ties. A brief feeling of anxiety zipped through him. There were so many different colors, sizes, widths, and lengths. Who knew zip ties came in such a wide selection? He really should have done his research on this. Pacey was usually a good planner. He picked up a few of the packages and studied the zip ties. After comparing them, he finally decided to go with the container that held a variety of sizes. He wouldn't need the heavy-duty cable ties for a female, but if he had to restrain the dumb oaf, he wanted to make sure he had what he needed. He whistled a perky tune as he circled the end cap and headed down another aisle. Even though his plan was being moved forward because of the dumb oaf's interference, he was confident that he could pull this off. He was a smart guy. He could figure things out. Go with the flow. He was a problem solver. That was something Mother had always praised him for. His ability to identify a problem and set the solution into motion. If he'd gone into the military, he was sure that he could have been a SEAL or a Ranger. Of course, he'd have to work out a little more, beef himself up. But with his IQ, they'd be glad to have him. Turning down another aisle, he came to the giant rolls of plastic sheeting. He studied them and looked around the desolate aisle. He let out a big sigh of frustration. Did employees scatter when they saw someone who needed help? How much should he get? Did he buy all of it 
or just a portion? Did Dexter have these questions when he was just starting out? Tracy wasn't sure how much of the plastic sheeting he needed, but there was no way in hell he'd get the entire roll in his cart. He needed to rethink this. He popped a few Tic Tacs into his mouth and crunched down on them. Would you like some help? A man in a red vest offered with a smile. Pacey startled and looked at the man who seemed to appear from out of nowhere. His name tag said, Harry. Gray hair circled the bottom half of his head while the top half was bald with a few moles scattered about. His bulbous nose was covered in tiny red veins. The man reminded Pacey of an ugly vulture that he frequently saw on cartoons as a kid. It was hard to imagine that the man had probably once been attractive, but it was a fact of life. Everything decays. And Pacey had already noticed his own hair thinning, but he hoped he wouldn't be that ugly when he was an old geezer. He'd at least be smart enough to remove those hideous moles. Yes, Harry, Pacey replied. He rocked back on his feet and crossed his arms over his chest. I have a project that may get messy. I want to protect my floors. Do I buy this sheeting in feet or by the roll? Pacey slapped his hand on the large roll of sheeting. That depends. What's your project? The man asked, angling his head and looking into Pacey's eyes as if he were reading a magic eight ball. Dismembering a body? Painting, Pacey said. There was a great potential for blood spray. He needed to cover everything. Okay. Very well, then. We also sell the plastic sheeting in smaller amounts that would be better for you. More manageable. Let me show you. The man turned and motioned with his hand. He led Pacey farther down the aisle until he stopped and put his hand on a box. This is what you want, he declared. Fabulous. Pacey looked at the various sizes of boxes on the shelves and said, Thank you for your help. Of course, Harry replied. Do you need anything else? Pacey studied the dimensions on the boxes and then realized that he needed to answer the man's question. I'm sorry, no. Pacey shook his head. I think I'm good. He gave the man a smile that he hoped would shoo him away. He didn't want to ask too much help from one person. No need to get lazy and make a rookie mistake like that. Asking for plastic sheeting was one thing. Asking for plastic sheeting, lie, zip ties, and a body-sized cooler was another. Any moron may get suspicious at that. Pacey grabbed the largest box of plastic sheeting that would fit in his cart. It stuck up awkwardly in the air. He still needed to get the oversized cooler. He'd serendipitously come upon the lie earlier. That had been the catalyst for concocting his plan. Each year, the school system sent all the teachers and staff to a learning conference. Pacey naturally chose one of the sessions that focused on enriching science for students. He'd always loved science, but he'd played on his phone through most of the seminar because he already knew everything the speaker was discussing. But he did enjoy the hands-on experiments that finished up the day. That was when Pacey hit the jackpot. He couldn't believe how lucky he was when he noticed the container of lye sitting behind a table. He took it as a sign from God. No one was watching. So he simply picked it up and casually carried it to his truck. He was ecstatic that there was absolutely no record of him purchasing lye. As Pacey continued to walk through the store, he decided to buy the plastic sheeting and zip ties here. He'd go to the other home supply store to get the cooler. No need to have him on video surveillance buying those things at one store. 
even if he was paying cash. So he happily walked his cart to the checkout and paid. After loading the items into the bed of his truck, he drove to the other supply store and bought the cooler. That had gone easily enough. He'd spotted the coolers right away and didn't need to ask anyone for help. He purchased it with cash and figured that he'd blend in with every other customer. As he slid behind the wheel of his truck, he looked at the clock. He had just enough time to stop by Alicia's. He couldn't help but smile and feel excitement thrum through him. Everything was coming together. Pacey parked a few streets down from her house, away from the streetlights. No need to risk her recognizing his truck, especially if that dumb oaf was with her. As much as he wanted her right now, he wasn't ready to declare himself. He didn't want his desire and lack of patience to threaten his chances with her. She needed to know that she was his top priority and that there was no other woman for him. Pacey walked down the sidewalk and tossed a single tic-tac into his mouth. He rolled the tiny candy along the roof of his mouth with his tongue. He loved doing that as he thought of her. He knew it was weird and doubted that he'd ever share that fetish with her. Maybe someday, when they were sharing their fantasies, he'd have the courage to tell her. He chuckled as he shoved his hands into his pockets. Sharing fantasies with Alicia would be amazing. All too easily he could imagine them entangled in bed, sharing air, pleasure, and orgasms. Pacey came to the sidewalk beside Alicia's house and stopped cold. Everything was dark. No light shone through any of the windows. He darted along the sidewalk and snuck along the tree line behind Alicia's house. The back of the house was dark as well. Panic filled him. Where was she? It was late, and she didn't appear to be home. He climbed the fence and sprinted up the backyard. He crept to the window in the family room and knocked lightly, listening for Forrest's bark. Silence clawed at his ears and constricted his heart. Pacey knocked harder on the glass, knowing that Forrest would certainly hear his pounding. That furry little beast should be yapping up a storm. The world spun. Pacey fell onto his bottom as he swam in nausea. Alicia wasn't home, and she wasn't returning. She'd taken Forrest somewhere with her because she wasn't coming back. Where was she? Pacey felt sick. His worst fear was that she was with the dumb oaf. What if she's in his bed? What if he was sticking it to her? The dumb oaf would certainly try. What man wouldn't try to get into her pants? Pacey grabbed an empty flower pot from the potting bench and vomited into it. Anxiety forced his stomach to empty itself of anger and rage. Fear consumed him. How would he ever find her? Would she show up at work tomorrow? Would that beast of a man follow her around? He didn't even know the man's name, so there was no way to hunt him down. He had no clue where to even start. He'd have to try to get close to her tomorrow. It seemed every couple of hours their relationship was threatened. He would have to declare himself tomorrow. He couldn't risk losing her. Tomorrow was the day. 18. Alicia snuggled in closer, pushing her bottom against him. His hardness pressed against her and she liked it. She liked knowing that he was as attracted to her as she was to him. Are you comfortable? Mike asked, pulling her closer against his body as they spooned on the sofa. His arm draped around her waist and crossed over her chest. 
His head rested on a throw pillow that lay on the sofa. Yes. She looked over her shoulder at him. Are you? She wasn't sure about his comfort, but there was no denying his desire. Mike smiled as his hand brushed against her breast. He hadn't been this comfortable in forever. He didn't watch much television. But if watching television with Alicia meant he could hold her like this, with her body melting into his, then he could definitely up the hours of television he watched. I'm good, he said, his voice deep and sexy. If she asked him what they'd just spent an hour watching, he wouldn't be able to answer her. His thoughts had not been on the television show, but had been on the sweet body pressed against his. What he wanted to do now was turn her around, kiss her, pull her leg over his hip and slip inside her hot little body. What time do you leave for work? Alicia asked. Around eight. He stroked his fingers through her hair. I should have brought my car. She rolled her eyes in frustration. She hated asking even more of him. Can you drop me off at school? Mike leaned up on his elbow so that he could better see her face. What the hell had she just asked him? She was under attack. Did she think she was going along with her life as if nothing was wrong? You can't go to work tomorrow, he stated with authority. I have a few things I have to do, but you can hang out at Savage Securities. You'll be safe there. Clearly, it was a good thing he was here to keep her safe if she hadn't figured that one out. Alicia barked a laugh. No way! Her voice went up along with her determination. She shook her head, rolled completely over so that she faced him, and leaned up on one arm so she was in a more upright position. Do you have any idea what a pain in the ass subplans are? Teachers go to school sick just so they don't have to write subplans. I've got to be puking before I take a sick day. There is no way I'm not going to school tomorrow. Mike was impressed by the long diatribe, but she was wrong. She clearly was not thinking correctly, and he was determined to enlighten her. That was a lot to say in a single breath, he said. He traced his hand down her arm in an attempt to soothe her. I'm assuming that means you really don't want to miss work tomorrow. He wasn't sure how much to push her. It was clear to him that she could not go to work. Now he just had to convince her. Hopefully she'd put aside her emotions and think logically. You can't be alone. This man is clearly unstable. Mike tucked her hair behind her ear so he could read her expressions more easily. I won't be alone. I'll be surrounded by my co-workers and students. He didn't like how this conversation was going. He didn't want her to rebuff his idea simply to prove that he couldn't tell her what to do. Is it fair to your students to put them in harm's way? Take that. Surely she wouldn't argue for endangering kids. She narrowed her eyes on Mike, and the air around him chilled. He suddenly realized his chances for getting her in his bed tonight had dramatically decreased. But keeping her safe was his priority. Either way, it was still a win for him. Besides, she'd eventually end up in his bed. Nice try, she said, irritated that he tried to use kids to manipulate her. This guy is a pervert. A pervert who doesn't even have the balls to show his face. He's certainly not going to attack me at school in front of hundreds of witnesses. There's no way he'd ever get away with it. There are too many people around, she huffed out. Mike interrupted her. Baby, perverts are dangerous, violent criminals. 
She clearly didn't understand what she was dealing with, but he did. He'd seen how evil men could be, and he wanted to shield her from that. He didn't want her to get hurt. There are some things that you just don't come back from. They follow you till the day you die, and at best, you learn to live with their ghosts. She inhaled and looked at the ceiling, trying to collect her thoughts. The blades of the fan turned slowly. She let out her breath with a heavy sigh. I'm going to school tomorrow, she stated emphatically. I'm not giving up my life or my routine because of this man. She sat up and drew her legs to her chest so that she balanced perilously on the edge of the sofa. Look, I'm not stupid. I know this man is dangerous. She fidgeted with her fingers as they stayed wrapped around her knees. But if I stop my routine, give up my work, then he's won. He's controlling me. I don't want to let him control me. He's already scared me out of my home. She stared at the sofa cushions as if she was going to find the meaning of life stamped upon the leather. I won't let him scare me away from my work. She didn't want to be weak. She wanted to stand up to this whack job and not allow his behavior to bully her into submission. But how much of this garbage was she expected to take? Mike knew it was the wrong decision. He sat quietly during her explanation, but he would never allow a client to behave so unreasonably. Baby, I hear what you're saying. He softened his voice and rubbed her knee, hoping to soften her with his kindness. I understand that you don't want to give up your job, but staying in the routine that he's memorized is giving him power. You're giving him the ability to predict your behavior and location. You're playing right into his hands. Alicia felt a tear pool in her eye, betraying her emotions, and she hated it. She wanted to be strong, and hiding was admitting weakness or even defeat. She blinked, and the tear fell down her cheek. Mike gently pressed his thumb against her face and wiped away the tear. What if we compromise, she asked. You take me to work and pick me up. I'll be surrounded by friends all day. He won't come for me in the middle of the day at a public place, she argued. It's too dangerous for him. Mike's gut churned at her words. He didn't see how that was much of a compromise, and he knew that he shouldn't agree. He didn't want to risk Alicia or the kids. But the school was a public place, and, for criminals who don't want to get caught, may discourage a confrontation with her. But Mike wasn't sure how stable this stalker was. The situation had already escalated into breaking and entering, and Mike was certain the pervert had stolen from her. He took in a deep breath and let it rush over his lips as he exhaled. I think he works with you, Mike stated with confidence. He needed her to understand that she wasn't just surrounded by friends at school. One of her co-workers was dangerously attracted to her. Alicia scrunched her eyebrows together. That didn't make sense to her. I told you about the men I work with. None of them seem like a suspect to me. They're either married or gay, she argued. That doesn't matter. This man has created a delusional relationship with you in his mind. Just because those men don't seem like suspects to you doesn't mean they don't fantasize about you. Alicia's skin crawled at the thought that a pervert would fantasize about her and touch himself. That was just an overload of nastiness. She shook her head in disgust. Please, don't say that. Say what? That someone is fantasizing about me. It's creepy. Mike looked hard into her eyes. 
in spite of everything that had happened, did she still not realize how serious this situation was? Has she not truly confronted the danger that she was in? He'd thought that she knew how serious this was. Wasn't that what brought her to the gun store? Was she going into denial now to save her sanity? This man is obsessed with you, Mike started. You saw what he did at your house. You know he is unstable. That is why I want you at Savage Securities tomorrow and not at school. I'm not going to Savage Securities tomorrow, she stated defiantly. I am going to work tomorrow. My kids need me. Alicia pressed her finger against Mike's lips to quiet him. I need them, she said calmly. I need to know that I am still in charge of my life. She tilted her head and gave him a half smile. I'm not a client. You don't get to order me around, she stated. If you aren't willing to drive me, I'll take a cab. I want you to know that you are not responsible for whatever happens tomorrow. Truly, I appreciate everything you've done for me, but the decision is mine. Every cell in his body, all his years of training, knew that this was a mistake. She needed to be locked down tight until they found this guy. Sending her to work without backup was insanely stupid. She might as well stand on the side of the road with a sign that read, Free! Take me! The fan blades lazily circled as his mind whirled. She was right, though, and he hated it. He didn't have control over her because she wasn't a client. She was in charge of her life, even if her judgment sucked and her decisions were insane. Mike tore his eyes from the fan and studied her. He was good at finding weak spots, and he saw too many of them when he looked at her. She was tiny, had little to no self-defense skills, and was way too trusting. And she had a heart of gold that may make it difficult for her to actually hurt someone if she needed to. Would she really be able to pull the trigger if she had to? He wasn't sure she had it in her to kill someone, which wasn't a bad thing, unless your life depended on it. He wanted to wrap her up in his arms and protect her from this nightmare. He'd failed his sister, but he refused to fail Alicia. But she was right. She wasn't a client. She was so much more. He wanted her to be the air he breathed, the happiness to greet him at the end of the day, and the sweetness on his tongue. You're right, he said soberly. It is your decision. He hated himself. He knew it would happen again. He'd lose someone he cared about because of his own weakness. He ran his fingertips on the soft flesh of her arm. He wanted to forget about the danger that haunted her and focus on the closeness that they shared right now. He wouldn't let that man come between them. She smiled and rubbed her hand across his chest. Thank you, she said. He really wanted to switch gears. Their conversation had ruined the awesome buzz he had when she was in his arms, and he wanted that buzz back. He wanted her. He wanted to be in her, to feel her tremble and moan as he stroked her. He leaned forward, placed his hand behind her head, and pulled her mouth to his. Brushing his tongue across her lips, she opened for him, and he slipped inside. She tasted like popcorn and chocolates that they'd eaten earlier. When she moaned, he pulled her against him. Alicia complied with the tug. She leaned forward, pressed her hands against his chest, and positioned herself on top of him. 
Her legs straddled Mike's. Her chest was flush with his, and her hands were on his shoulders. She broke the kiss and looked into his eyes. Warmth and desire looked back at her as his heart beat against hers, the rhythm fast and urgent. Am I too heavy? Alicia asked. He chuckled, and she felt the vibrations in her chest. No, he shook his head, but I do need more of this. He pulled her back to his mouth and swept her up in another kiss. His hands roamed over her body and tickled the flesh along the bottom of her shirt. She squirmed as his fingertips brushed against her ass and lit her up inside. The heat of desire snaked its way through her body. One of his hands made its way under her shirt and blazed a path of pleasure towards her breast. His other hand slipped inside the elastic of her yoga pants and massaged her ass. Alicia was melting into Mike. His gentle touches sent her heart racing. A sweet ache built between her legs, and she gently ground herself against him as they kissed. Between the moan that escaped her lips as he tweaked her nipple and the sweet crush of her pussy against his jean-clad erection, Mike was in paradise. There was only one way to improve this situation, and that was to take it into the bedroom where he could peel off her panties and feel her tender flesh in his hands. Baby, Mike whispered, his fingers getting lost in her hair as he lifted her head to look into her eyes. Do you want to take this to my bedroom? We'll be more comfortable. His cock throbbed as he waited for her reply. Alicia stared into those beautiful green eyes and studied the tiny scars that marred his otherwise perfect face. She could well imagine looking into that face forever. He'd shown how kind and brave he was since he'd willingly walked into the tsunami she called life. It was obvious that he was intelligent. People didn't do what he did for a living unless they were intelligent. And although she hadn't known him for very long, she felt as if she knew all the important stuff. Honor, integrity, and courage are not traits a woman finds every day. A simple smile and head nod from her had Mike's cock twitching with delight. Let me get ready for bed first, she whispered, and I'll sleep in your room with you tonight. Is that all right? She added with a shy smile. Mike ran his hands down her back and said, Hell yeah, that's where you belong. He gave her ass one last squeeze. With a giggle, Alicia hopped up from the couch and headed to the guest room. She closed the door behind her and dug through her bag. She pulled out her toiletries and grabbed her pajamas. She glared at the bland pajamas, fisted in her hand, and frowned. When she packed earlier, she hadn't expected on sleeping with Mike. If she had... She would have brought something sexier to sleep in. She probably should have brought a backup set of pajamas. At the very least, she could have brought a sexy bra and thong. But she'd convinced herself at the time that it was too soon for them to have sex. But now he'd lit a raging fire in her that only he could put out. So, with frustration, she zipped up her bag and went into the bathroom. Alicia began her bedtime routine and slipped into her pajamas. She decided to take one last look in the mirror before heading to Mike's room. Since this was their first time, she felt she should put some effort into her appearance. She needed to look good, even if she planned on going to sleep when they were finished. At her perusal, she decided that she needed a touch of powder and a little lip gloss. She ran the powder brush over her face, concentrating on her nose and cheeks, and then swept the lip gloss over her lips. She rubbed her lips back and forth against each other to smooth out the gloss. 
Then she squeezed a dollop of raspberry-scented lotion into her hand and spread it across her abdomen and arms. Since her hair had flattened while they lay on the sofa, she leaned over and let her hair hang down like a curtain. She ran her fingers through the strands, trying to give it a little oomph. When she flipped her head up, her hair was a delightful mess. She smoothed her honey-blonde hair back into place with her fingers and whispered an encouraging, Here goes nothing. Mike brushed his teeth, took off his jeans and shirt, pulled the covers back on the bed and waited, and waited, and waited. Not a whole lot rattled him, but her delay as he sat on the bed in his too tight boxer briefs was beginning to concern him. Was she coming, or had she chickened out? His erection ached to be freed from the restraints of the cotton briefs, squeezing the life out of him. But he felt it was tacky to be completely naked when she came in. So, he waited awkwardly on his bed. If he'd known she'd taken this long, he would have taken matters into his own hands. He knew he'd have no trouble getting it up again. And now he feared he'd embarrass himself if he did take matters into his own hands, because that would be the moment she'd walk in. As it was, he felt like he was about to burst and hoped he could restrain himself long enough to not humiliate himself. He swiped his hand through his hair and inhaled deeply as he stared at the doorway. He wanted Alicia in his life, and if she was chickening out on him right now, that was okay. He had enough courage for both of them. He'd see her through this nightmare, and then he'd be there by her side to enjoy the ride afterwards. He swung his legs over the side of the bed and stood. Even though his cock ached, he wasn't about to put any pressure on her. He decided to go to her and let her know that she didn't need to feel rushed. They didn't need to do anything tonight. He slipped his t-shirt over his head and headed towards the door. As he rounded the door frame, Alicia exited her doorway and they nearly walked into each other. Whoa, he said, and grinned as his hands found her waist. His blood surged as her eyes raked over his body. A beautiful tinge of red highlighted her cheeks. Alicia realized she was ogling him, so she pulled her eyes off of his crotch and looked into his face. Sorry it took me so long, she stammered. Mike's too tight briefs felt even tighter as he stared at her. All her good parts were highlighted in the snug t-shirt that clung to her breast and showcased her nipples. A pair of too short and too tight shorts teased him, too. He really wanted to get those shorts off of her. I thought maybe you changed your mind, Mike said, trying not to be rude by staring at her nipples even though they were screaming for his attention. That would be okay if you did, he added. Alicia's pink tongue caught his attention as she slowly licked her lips. I haven't changed my mind, she said. She slipped her hand under his t-shirt and his abs clenched at her touch. That was all the encouragement he needed. He finished the job for her, ripping the shirt over his head and dropping it on the floor. He slipped her hands around her waist and lifted her. She wrapped her legs around him while his hand went under her ass. Their mouths connected and she, and she ground herself into him as they kissed their way to the bed. All thought shut down as he went on automatic. Stopping beside the bed, he let her down and slipped her t-shirt over her head. Her nipples begged for his attention and he couldn't wait any longer. He sucked one into his mouth, swirling his tongue around the bud. The gentle moan he elicited from her encouraged him. He kissed his way to her other nipple as he freed her of her tight shorts and worked her ass with his hands. She struggled to peel his too tight boxer briefs from his body. 
but all his attention rendered her weak and apparently feeble-minded. She slowly slid the fabric down, trying hard to pull it over his erection without letting the fabric snap back onto him. He noticed her struggling with his briefs, and he really didn't want to get snapped. He chuckled and pulled away from her breast. Here, let me, he said. The deep rumble of his voice went straight to Alicia's lady parts, and she missed his hands on her body. He kicked his briefs to the side and zeroed in on her again. His fingertips trailed over her waist as he guided her onto the bed. Then he knelt over her as he feasted on her body. Alicia was lost in the overwhelming sensations that assaulted her. He reveled in the masculine hardness of his body. The way he looked at her made her feel safe and wanted. None of her past lovers had ever looked at her with such intensity before. She smiled and let her legs fall open as he positioned himself on top of her. 19. Mike awoke with his arm over his head and a very feminine arm draped over his chest. He looked at the clock on his nightstand. He had five minutes before the alarm would go off. He couldn't help the naughty smile that resulted as a few good ideas crossed his mind. He inched the sheet down so he could look at a very naked and very beautiful Alicia. He stroked his fingertip over the gentle curve of her back. Tiny goosebumps raised on her delicate skin as he traced the upward rise of her ass that called out to be cradled in his hands. His morning hard-on begged him to wake her. He was just beginning to think that his cock was a genius. He could do what he needed to do in five minutes. She stirred, turning her head and rolling onto her side. He rolled into her, spooning her. She nestled into him. Morning, she rasped. She slipped her hand back and felt his thigh, her fingers brushing the coarse hair on his leg. Is this for me? She asked as she found his erection. Special delivery, he whispered in her ear. She chuckled and stroked him. You better make it worth my while. She looked over her shoulder. We're in a time crunch, and I have to get ready for school. I can't be late. I work best under pressure, he said, nipping her shoulder. She giggled as he flipped her over and his hands roamed her body. By the time the alarm sounded, they were coming down from their high together. You do work well under pressure, she panted, tracing the curve of his bicep. Well done. She bit her bottom lip and realized that buying a gun could end up being one of the best decisions of her life. She could see herself with Mike for a very long time, perhaps forever. He was definitely a keeper. The alarm on the phone continued to play. The awesome buzz from the morning sex quickly clouded over with reality. He had a full day ahead of him. Today was an important day for Savage Securities. They were to provide extra security for a popular reality television star who was dipping his toes into the seedy pool of politics. The man was coming in town for a quick secret meeting and wanted some basic security. Mike couldn't bail on his work, which was why he wanted Alicia to hang out at Savage Securities. He knew she'd be safe there while he did his job, but she refused. She was as stubborn as she was beautiful. Alicia pushed herself up to a sitting position, pulling the sheet over her to cover her breasts. I should get in the shower. Mike tugged on the sheet, but she held it firmly in place. She shot him a look that was supposed to intimidate him, but only turned him on more. You don't have to cover up on my account, he said with a wink. Mike? She said his name slowly drawing out each syllable as her cheeks flushed. He'd never understand women. One minute, they were naked and letting you touch and lick every inch of their body. 
and the next minute they were trying to hide and cover up as they scampered away. He wasn't sure if it was adorable or idiotic. You can use my shower, he said with a smile. He pointed to his ensuite bathroom. Do you want coffee? She reached over the bed and grabbed her t-shirt from the floor. She slipped it on, keeping her back to him, and then shimmied into her shorts. I'd love some coffee, she said, hopping out of bed. Let me get my stuff and I'll hit the shower. She fled his room and headed for the guest room to get her things. Mike could get used to her hopping out of his bed. No, scratch that. He could get used to her hopping into his bed. He swung his legs over the side of the bed, scrubbed his hands down his face, and headed into the kitchen. Although his blood was pumping, morning sex will do that to a man. He still needed a good shot of caffeine. He had a feeling his mind would be preoccupied with Alicia today, and he wasn't sure he could survive the separation anxiety. I hope you enjoyed chapters 17 through 19 of Blood Kiss. On Tuesday, Alicia goes to school, where Mike is convinced her stalker works. Once at school, Alicia looks at every man as if he is a threat. When Mike goes to work, we get to know the men of Savage Security a little bit better. You can find Karen's other novels on Amazon. Many are free to read with Kindle Unlimited. To keep up with various novels and authors that we will feature, you can follow My Secret Obsession on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Cherish Lively. Do you want to be part of my secret obsession? I'm looking for secrets and tattletales to read aloud on the podcast. Do you know any small town secrets? Have you had a brush with danger that rocked your world? Are supernatural activities or hauntings keeping you up at night? Write your story and send it to my secret obsession podcast at gmail.com. <laughs>